What up, everybody, and welcome to The Joystick Show, a podcast where every week, three friends from high school in Hawaii get together to game online and chat about the latest news in pop culture from TV shows, movies, comics, and, of course, games. So kick back and enjoy the latest episode on Andor, episodes 9 and 10, and the latest hot anime that we cover every week. Which I think brings us into Andor. Uh, yeah. Drake, since you didn't, you haven't been able to speak in a while, were you able to watch episode nine and 10 of Andor? Yes. I watched both episodes and. Um, both of them. Both of them. Mon Bothma um, of them. Yeah. Uh, both Monma or Mon Mothma. Uh, this uh, episode nine and ten. Episode nine and ten kind of take place mostly in where they are incarcerated, consistently making all of their uh, or whatever they're making for the uh, Galactic Republic or the Empire. Empire, yeah. And um, you're kind of getting to see the dynamic of what the Empire is doing to individuals and how people are kind of getting fed up. There's just these small little uh, tinges in the armor where. The Empire seems unfallible, and yet all of these things that they're doing are slowly uh, kind of shaving away the patience of the people that they're quote-unquote ruling over. Um, and you can kind of see the rebellion happen within each individual very slowly. Um, within episode nine, did we get to talk about that in the... No, we, we only got up to eight. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, episode... Nine was kind of you're you're viewing Andor in how he's kind of really thinking about oh, you know what are we going to do to get out of here, and on the outside you're getting to see a little bit more uh, about how the individuals of the Empire are reacting to the situations and thinking that they're making really good gains um, or at least putting their resources towards making gains against this quote unquote rebellion. Um, at the same point in time, in Episode Ten, we learn a little bit more that. You know, maybe they're spinning their wheels a little bit, and that's what the rebellion wants. And then we get to see literal rebellion in episode 10 as it pertains to um, Andor's observations and his his wordcraft, his speechcraft kind of help um, Kino move in a place to where, you know, we're, we're ready. We're ready to take that next step. And episode 9 and 10 really um, crescendo into... A lot of different things. Not only mm-hmm. the the spycraft that's been taking place, but mm-hmm. the observation both internally and externally of how the empire is affecting individuals. And you get to see the precipice of true rebellion, and not necessarily in in just anarchy sense, but what what it takes for a human being to just become fed up, right? That there, right. there is like, what's an the edge. Limit? Yeah, yeah, like what's they, the limit that you can yeah. press up against before we're like, I I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and I they, think you're right. They push so close to it, uh, and you really get to kind of see that take place. Um, my, uh, you know, I'm in I'm in very much favor of episode 10. I would agree with you, Thomas and Scott, that episode 10 would be my favorite episode so far. There's just so much well acting and so much of the story that's come together in this, uh, you know, 45 minute episode where it really does 
uh, it become, I think, the the apex, the climax of, of what's taking place. I mean, granted, there's probably much more to come, but mm-hmm. in terms of what we've seen so far, um, it's made watching Andor worth it. It's given so much context to the Rebel Alliance. It's given so much context to what the Empire really meant to, you know, this, this huge world that Star Wars is. Um, and it's really brought home being able to pick a side right you're you're get it you're get you're being given both perspectives granted one is a little bit more um obvious and choosing but uh you really get the all of the information or a lot of the information um to really make a decision for yourself and i i think you don't really get to have that in a lot of um shows so far that's but, true uh I, I do feel like yeah. though like it's a pretty clear decision in a way though it's like it's showing you how evil the empire really is like they don't give a shit about anybody they don't give a shit about people who are making them things or if they keep you in jail for walking on the street like yeah here's nine years like i don't i feel like yeah i guess there is a world you can choose for sure but i feel like it's a it in some ways a pretty clear choice it's like wow the empire is freaking evil and all they want to do is just oppress people and make them feel like shit yeah in the sense of the it being clear in the sense of obviously you'd want to pick the rebellion right because you know that oppression uh kind of obviously is the the anti-humanity at the same point in time when when you're looking at it from the perspective of the empire the idea of control or peace comes from their idea of control and having total control over everything and i see what you're saying yeah in a way you can make the argument that if you know one entity has complete control i.e like a, a communistic dictatorship or something like that then yes you could control anarchy in a way what are you a fascist boy yeah, fascist, <laughs> Marxist all the way. And then um so you can kind of help it it only accentuates the fact that that style of quote unquote peace does not work, especially because we are human beings who have thoughts and feelings and we cannot be oppressed um in the sense of how what what it will do to us. It's just not something that as human beings, we can accept and really takes out the humanity of being a human being in that sense. So that's what the, I guess the overall, like uh, the battle would be. And yes, they make it very clear that you want to be on one side or the other, but from the context of the empire standpoint, it even puts even more emphasis on why the rebellion was important and why um, Star Wars in itself was so, um, what is the word? Impactful. Yeah, like I feel like, and also gives so much more like weight to the first movie that ever was made. Like, why would there, why would there need to be a rebellion? Well, because it fucking sucked. Like, they will control you, they'll kill you, they'll throw you in jail, they'll do all these things to you without, and you're just trying to live your life. And I think, yeah, I think that's what I got from episode nine the most, which was, all right, well, now we have Andor knew there was a reason he didn't like the Empire and he knew. He knew all the bad things that they were doing, but he was just like, I don't have any reason to really put my life on the line for this fight. And I also Mm -hmm. don't have, like, why would I stick my neck out for you guys or do all these things? Like, they're just going to do whatever they want anyway. And now it's like, they've truly given him motivation to fight back. 
Mm -hmm. It's like, wait, I, I went as far to space Miami as I could in the galaxy. And I still got busted for doing nothing, (laughs) (laughs) doing nothing. And then, and you guys still threw me in jail for walking along the beach and, and the empire, you truly can't escape their rule. Like, and it's, it's an unfair rule as you can see by the jail system. Yeah, we're making these things. What are these things for? No idea. All right, well, you're going to keep making them. Well, I only have 1,200 uh, shifts left in my sentence, and then I'm free. Well, turns out you don't, because if you're on level four and you're done with your shift, well, at the end of that, you're going to get put on level two and start all over again. And that's what level, uh, sorry, that's what episode nine gave to me, which is like, Andor knew, he was already plotting and trying to figure out, like, is there a way I can get out of here? And level Sorry, dang it, I keep on going to level. Episode nine gave him the true motivation and the power by Kilo Lo, Kino Loy, aka Andy Circus, to actually say, like, no, we can do this. We can overthrow them. How many guards are each floor? And at the end of that episode, no more than 12. Oh my God. Like it just, it doesn't just hit Andor, it hits everybody in there. And who knows how long Kino Loy was in there, but he's like, we, how, what am I going to do? I'm just going to keep doing this every single day till I die. Or am I going to try to fight back and die? Cause those are the only two options I got. And mm-hmm. it's, and I think that point gets driven home so much, especially after you see what's his name, Lufa, uh, that old, old man who has a stroke and just dude, he's a stroke. Like it's such like an unstar Wars death in a way, but it's so yeah. real. Yeah. Like it was so like, Oh my God. Like they didn't even, they didn't even send a real doctor. They have other prisoners who are the doctors in this place because they're too cheap or don't want to spend the money to actually have a doctor for these prisoners. Like, you know, like it's not a fair system. Maybe some of these people, maybe some of those people deserve it. Sure. But a lot of them probably did it and they probably didn't deserve nine years or yeah. infinity for mm-hmm. walking along the beach. If that was it, you know, it's just, exactly. yeah, man, episode nine, just really, yeah. Well, Scott, what was your, your take? Let's let's go to episode nine and then let's really dive into episode ten because I feel like it takes off right after episode nine. It's like it's a it's a pretty solid continuation. Right. Um yeah, episode nine. Oh yeah, his name is um Olaf. Olaf. Um, the guy who had the, they call him Lufa. Um, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh you fucking asshole, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor poor uh, wait, yeah, Olaf. Olaf. I almost called him. I almost got him Olaf. Um Olaf. <laughs> Um, poor dude, dude. To see him struggling through the episode, um, again, the acting throughout this whole show is like amazing. I don't think there's any actor that's like, ah, they Mm -hmm. could have got a better guy, like, in my opinion, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like that whole coming to the realization, especially like where so they're doing the hand signals and they're like, something's going on on level two, something's going on, and then, Mm -hmm. um, you got Kino, like, dude, like nothing's going on like you guys want to die like we have to just keep doing what we're doing and then the whole turn when he finds out what the truth is especially after that guy's like question like keep your men in line he's like dude like what just tell me what the hell's going on like what's going on you don't like it sounded like you don't talk to me like that normally like what the hell is going on right and um and then seeing that turn like what's cool too is like andor i know it's like he's had this Thing about him where he's like i just gotta take care of myself even though he has that he like even if he doesn't want to he ends up bringing like the best out in people it seems yeah. like um it's a good point even when they try and turn on him and then he just pulls a fucking han solo and shoots him but he still gets them <laughs> through like the mission he's able to inspire them like 
he, like he was able to turn Kino and like talk to him in a way like no one's ever talked to him before. And like, granted, it was the right way, but like, you know, I could have just as easily seen Andor being like, I'm going to figure out a way to get me out of here. Like, mm-hmm. fuck this place. But he's like, no, we all got to get out of here. Even though the, clearly that's a better strategy. Like, it still felt like morally he was like, this is what we have to do. Like, fuck this place. Right. Fuck everyone here. Like, we all going to get our lives back. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, yeah, he's a survivor. Like, he always yeah. figures out a way to survive. And he's not going to give up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> Destiny's child. He's so but, um, <laughs> yeah, like, and, and it turns out, like as much of a loner as he wants to be, I guess you can make the comparison to a Han Solo is like, he's better mm-hmm. off working as a team. And like, that's going to be the best way he can survive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's his mission to be in a team, whether it's his tribe when he was a kid or whether it's using the rest of the prisoners to escape, they like, you're right. Like he always ends up making the situation as best he can. And he finds a way to work with people, even if they don't want to work with him initially mm-hmm. you know and, yeah. and it, yeah it, it's like and it makes sense why then when you get to rogue one he is such a leader he's the captain of that that unit because damn does he bring out the best of people even if he doesn't want to work with them yeah, yeah. The, the idiom if you want to go far um go together if you want to go fast go by yourself like really right. range true to this right. idea of rebellion like because <clears throat> at the same point in time, right. He, th- he really thinks like all he needs is himself and he can be on his own, mm-hmm. but he's every single episode. You slowly realize that to being together is so much stronger. It's, it's so much more, uh, it's just better. Um, right. Yeah. No, yeah. I fully agree with you on that too. And something else I was thinking about is the other thing he's provided. And especially with Kino Loy was he provided hope. Mm-hmm. Like he said, we can do. And like they said, rebellions are based on hope. Or like started on hope and he actually gave him hope. He's like, we can do it. Like how many people are on the floor? There's, there's hundreds of people per floor and there's only 12 guards. You're telling yeah. me we can't take them down. And uh, yeah. So I just, I love that, you know, by him being in these situations that he doesn't even want to be in, he's not only bringing out the best in other people, which in turn is bringing out the best in him. Like, it's really, it's like a really cool kind of metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get to see more of Mon Mothma in this episode, right? And we're, yeah. she, she's, we know she's rich. Um, we know that she has some power being in the Senate. But one thing that even with the wealth that she apparently has and the power she apparently has, she doesn't really have access to either one of them. Nobody respects her in the Senate. They start turning off the lights as soon as she's making her, uh, her speech about the Gorians and how they're getting taken advantage of. And at the same time, she can't even access her family money, you know, in the way she wants to, you know. So yeah. thus then uh, I forgot what the politician's name is that she grew up with, but he suggests bringing in and she's like, that guy's a thug. It's like interesting to see also how her leadership came to be and what she had to do, because she really had to fight against everybody who was who were supposed to be her peers. And she really had to fight against what they were you know, saying or believing like they, they thought everybody who was opposing the empire was criminals or was, you know, deserved it because the empire is there to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. And you get to see when you go back to where, uh, where Andor is from, like they're treating them like shit. They're taking over hotels when they don't want to. They uh, took over, what was her name? Bixby. I want to say she, uh, I forgot mm-hmm. what that actress, she was in Morbius, that actress. 
yes. Uh, see if you put up. Check it out. I mean, she's real attractive. <laughs> just oh, for me, I'll just say that. Which but, one? Uh, the, the nose? The, the, oh, which one? Um, Big Scallion. Big Scallion. Yeah. Our, our, yeah. She, mm-hmm. She's great. Like, they, that torturing of her. Was that episode nine where they make her listen to, like, all the cries of those children? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I was like, that is just just in the way they pan the camera on her eyes and you can see that it was like such a horror moment like it was a shot right out of a horror movie and it was done so well and you could see how like tor- it just i felt her torture in that you know, immediately moment. my mind went to um baby shark do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the edit we all need let's be real yeah. um but yeah no definitely it was so- but like it's Somebody brought up the point, I was reading somewhere online, like it was proven in one of the wars, they actually would capture prisoners and as a form of torture, they would make them listen to the cries of children. And there's something innately in us to where it is kind of torturous. Like it, it, it's like water slowly dripping on your head in the same spot. Like eventually it'll make you lose your mind and you'll break. Mm. So Are we talking yeah. about like a baby infant, like crying just consistently? Like, where, yes. where, I, where, I, where? Yes. No, yeah. well, yeah, I think it's, more so like you know the kids are being tortured, not just oh, they're oh, oh, uncomfortable. Oh, I, see, I see, I see. Sure, yeah, yeah. sure, yes, but yeah, I think I think there is something truthful, like on the other side too, just a baby crying. I think it was used as a, a form of torture in one of the wars. So yeah. I'll, I'll look into it. If I'm completely wrong, please tell me. But um, yeah, so anyways, that part was crazy. So you can see what they're doing to you know everyday citizens and people who are at the lowest level of the totem pole as far as like the rebellion she's not even considered a rebel yet i wouldn't think you know she was just trying to make a buck and help her friend so yeah it it was it was crazy uh what else and and then we're still we're we're finally seeing that this was kind of luthan's plan the whole time to make and force the empire into a position where they have to do gruesome and painful and terrible things to people so that they want to rebel and Mm -hmm. i feel like we're, we're seeing it here where it's like yeah, like they're we're slowly seeing every faction of people around the galaxy, whether you're rich, whether you're the lonely person, where you, whether you're in jail, like I hate the empire, and you now you get why. Yeah, we're also seeing the gray area in war too, right? Like even when you're on like the the so-called good side, I think we get more in episode 10. Mm-hmm. It's like there's still like evil to be done almost just to do the right thing like the end goal was right but you need to do bad and like or let bad things happen in order to and like that's like tough to watch and listen to as well um, yeah exactly and i don't know if we want to go because that's a, a we can jump into ex- that later but, yeah because that's an exact yeah. you know uh example of the monologue that luthan gives at the end which was so fucking yeah. good so good but uh let's let's let yeah, let's dive more into the whole escape part of episode 10 because i thought that was it was so well done and it just shows like how good the writing is and the acting is because like obviously they're gonna need to escape right and obviously mm-hmm. it's gonna be a challenging thing but the amount of tension and worry that is built in those scenes from him trying to bust open the pipe to am I going to get the rest of these people on board when I try to do this? You know, um, yeah. I, I, there was a time where I, even as it was going on, I'm like, is Keenan Loy actually going to help here? Or is he just going to be like, nope, I have nothing to do with this. I, I just didn't know. I, I, even watching yeah. him like, fuck, he could go. He could just yeah. still be like, no, you guys are on your own. 
So even when they were talking about like, I'm already dead, I'm already dead. Like Mm -hmm. their mindset going into it was just, right. it it brought such a deep, um, not, it, it brought such a deep sense of urgency. Right. Yeah. And I like that Andor totally. spun it into like, yeah, if we're already dead, then don't go down without a fight. Right. Like, yeah, you're right. Because there was that dude who was like, well, fuck it. Like, I just want to die now. Then he's like, dude, like, no, like, we'll die together kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's great. And I like even the breakdown of the science. Like, they're like, oh, when they bring a prisoner in, notice, like, they can touch the rail. They're not wearing right. boots. Like, mm. we need, that's our way out. And like, right. that's slowly, de- so like, as a viewer, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Versus there's a lot of other shows. Um, we can name that just kind of like lazily like well you'll buy it because this is what we're writing but i like that they make right. it so you're like yeah that's logical buy it. you know yeah, yeah yeah it was so well thought out mm-hmm. so well thought out where like it doesn't skip a beat on the logic of everything where it's like yeah i know you yeah, i know it's you know a space fantasy opera but at the same time like that's something that gives gives star wars dimension and it gives it relatability it's that there's these very human and realistic elements in it, but this is taking it a step further with the realistic elements in that you're like, Oh, a hundred percent. Like the guy died from a stroke, their electricity, they wear rubber boots, but it's maybe not electrifying the bars. Like that all makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, Oh man. It's Using just the water to short circuit the whole situation. Also. Yeah. Um, so shout out to um, Frank at geek freaks for saying that last time. <laughs> Oh, I, what, what, I said if he's like, oh, you know, the water in the wall. I'm thinking the water on the ground, electricity, oh, yeah. these are all things are putting together. And I'm like, you know, if that happens, I'll give you a shout out. That's exactly why, what happens. So that's why right on, dude. Yeah, that's why he <laughs> he runs the big podcast, the, the yeah. podcast. But yeah, man, it, yeah, that was oh man. And yeah, them breaking it down and the tension, and he comes back out, you know, and he's all wet. I'm like, are they gonna see him right here? And also they, that was a timing thing, too, right? Like mm-hmm. because when he looks over and they're going down the lift, they're showing like the water come out. And I'm like, are they showing us this because they're going to notice the water before the elevator gets down to where they need it to be. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, but of course it, it got to exactly where they want. But I'm like the timing, if he broke that pipe, even a little bit more earlier, it uh-huh. could have screwed everything. They were like, there's a fucking water leak over here. What's going on over here? You know, yeah. he comes out all wet. Like, yeah, they could have <laughs> yeah. like, everything you, had to be timed. Are you wet? Yeah. I shit myself. Like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, def- definitely. That, that part is crazy. But then, yeah, so they bring the new person in and man, that, that new person gets sacrificed, I feel like, right away. So I felt I does. bad for him because he doesn't know anything. But at the same time, he would have been in there and possibly died anyway. So he got a shot in though. He got to tase that guard one time. He and did. Then he got shot. Yeah. Oh, nice. I didn't even catch that. That's awesome. Yeah. I liked the um, the small tidbits too when they were bringing in the new person, and the guards, like, are are so in this susceptible state that he says the exact same thing to the um, the new guy coming in. This is the the electric prod. Don't make me use it. I'll make you oh, remember. Like exact same oh, yeah. wording. The same yeah. exact same wording that he said to Cassian when he came in. Yes. Wow. So it's almost like it's in the handbook or some shit huh? yeah <laughs> right yeah like there everything everything is so the idea that cassian understands the situation so in-depthly that there is routine that mm-hmm. there is almost a sense of complacency that they feel like they're in control even though they know they're not that if they continue on in this in this way that they can maintain the illusion of control and right. once that gets taken away you see how they all hid within that one little space you see how they react to the idea that they recognize that they know 
that yeah. they are outnumbered. Right. I like to it's, like it's very um, interesting. Cassian dropping logic. Like he's like, you think they're listening? He's like, yeah. why, 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 you know, like the reason why they scare us with this whole electricity and stuff and all that, like they're not bothered to listen to us. Like they know we fear them already. They're not going to listen to us. Right. And you just and, see like um, Kino kind of like, yeah, I guess you're right about that. Yeah. Like, you, even um, in addition to that, you're right. That was such a great point. But in addition to that, there was the line between him and Kino where it was like, um, you know, what do you call these guards? something i can't remember like heidi or whatever any and he, he goes power and he goes he's like true power isn't afraid or something yeah. like that i'm like god damn like these dropping such awesome line nuggets in this show that's like these are all such fire quotes it was oh man I, yeah i just oh man i liked it oh yeah that was the so tension much. when they were saying like are we doing this plan or not right and he's trying to they're like going back and forth next to that door like getting ready up like, yes yeah 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 yeah. and, he, and then he that, and then oh, that was a good scene right and then uh cassian has to say like on program program and he yeah. and like you could see like Kino's kind of contemplating everything he's like yeah he's kind of right like do i want to give everything mm-hmm. to them one little piece at a time or do i want to at least know like go out knowing i gave it my all to free us you know, yeah. and that that line, you, yeah, just the shift. Shout out to that actor. What's that? Um, what's that actor's name again? Which one? Oh, what is that? Spiegel. Oh, Andy Serkis. Andy, Andy Serkis. Like so, Andy Serkis so went good. from being a being almost virtually a nobody in what we consider today. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he first came on, I believe one of his first roles was Smeagol, right? And I mean, he was that doing was one a lot of the of only. Like, that was the first role I ever knew him from. Yeah. Same. And he was doing motion capture and blah, blah, blah. And then he started taking like these, like these real fucking roles. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause wasn't he on um, uh, Devil Wears Prada? That I am not sure. too sure. Okay, okay, so <laughs> let me jump yeah. in his IMDb while we I want to say he him. was, he, he started doing roles, but like his, his acting has kind of, to me, grown substantially. Like, Yes, I, I hear I what you're I saying. Can't say more about like, his acting chops. Like, no, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Like his acting chops, are so good. But like, I mean, his acting as Smeagol though is still un- still great. Match. Like, I don't know. Like, you can't even do. I can't even imagine somebody who can do that role as well as he did. Like, he just the voice he came up with and the movement, the way he moved his body, and like, he was he was Smeagol. Like he created this character that's always going to look like, and hopefully sound like that in a way, you know, it's like, you can't imagine Darth Vader looking and sounding in a different way or Thanos looking or sounding a different way. It's like, they're so just that iconic. It's like, it's crazy. So. Well, speaking um, of that, looking and sounding like Andy Serkis has a very interesting look, kind of like a um, Willem Dafoe, type of look like they're not unattractive but they're not mm-hmm. like your stereotypical like right, oh like guys um, handsome man Hollywood of the year exactly guy, like yeah and his voice is no like chris so evans deep and yeah, he's no chris evans let me tell you something but um <laughs> and his voice is so deep and gravelly and like the way right. he, in this in this role like you definitely believe he's been through some shit before he got here and then mm-hmm. he earned the respect of everyone here right and it's like you you just like he demands respect like just in like small scenes he does and like I don't know what it was, but every time he put his hands on his head, like I love that he like combed his hair back. Goes hair yeah. back. Uh, but, like, especially when he was messed up, great, right? When he was yeah, talking to like, Andor. It's like he's centering himself again or something. It's like, right, like he needs to collect himself. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So I know such great character work and like just great, yeah, just movement and all that stuff. It like really added to his character. He he <laughs> has been. 
you know, in such a short amount of time in the show, such a standout because he brings so much to it. Just his reactions, like you were saying, Scott, his tone and, and you're right, Scott, like uh, Drake, his like acting is just, it brought so much and it was a perfect kind of opposition to what Andor was, which is, mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, I'm like, there's both so stern, but at the same time, you know, like it gave so much power to how cool, calm and collected Andor was like, to me, I don't know if people are going to hate this or like this, but at the same time, like he's kind of been what I want, like a new Han Solo to be oh, like, yeah. he's, he's, he is confident. He, he knows what that. he's got to do. He's got to, you know, and again, he's a reluctant like participant in working as a team, but at the same time, like he's so vital to the team. And then he starts realizing how much he needs him, needs them as well. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. He, he just like, is this like kind of cool, almost Han Solo-esque character to me that yeah, worked same. perfectly in opposition to Andy Serkis. Yeah. Yeah. And how heartbreaking was it when Andy Serkis like, I can't swim. Oh yeah. my God. I was like, oh. That part. Oh, they I helped this man, and then he got, and then and um, Cassian gets shoved off, and I was like, "Fuck!" Cassian yeah. would have helped him for sure; he would have figured it out. I know. Oh, I, yeah, I think it was, it was such a beautiful juxtaposition too, because he's he's worked so hard to get all those guys in line. He can finally truly lead them into something that he actually believes in, mm-hmm. and he gets to a point where there there's literal freedom, and he's like, "Man, I don't know how to swim." Like right. that's such, a, oh such a beautiful juxtaposition. Like you can yo. see land. Like oh yeah. my gosh, I know. Yeah, that was oh, that was so good. So yeah, that was such a heartbreaking moment. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, and he played it to perfection. And then let's get into just the big like if all of that wasn't crazy enough for this episode and wasn't tear-jerking, emotional, action-packed, tense, like everything you could want. Then we get Luthen coming back. And I don't remember that character, Lonnie, that's in that elevator from any other part in the show or if he was from Rogue One. But then we get that monologue between him and Luthen. So it's God's guard. I want to say Lonnie, wasn't he the same dude? So when, um, what's her name, has the plan, like, hey, why don't we send the ship back out? with the man or whatever the heck. And then I, I want to say, maybe I'm wrong. I want to say Lonnie was the one that goes, why don't we investigate the ship too? Like one ups her kind of oh, thing. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's and an then, ISB agent for the empire. Right. right, right. That's and right. I think like, but he knows like she's coming in and like controlling shit. And he's like, Oh my God, I, I'm going to be found. I want to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, You're right. Yeah, totally. So we, we find out, I guess this is where we learn that he's a double agent working mm-hmm. for Luthen and, and this part of this rebel faction and uh yeah i don't know do you guys scott do you want to go into it because that monologue i like there was a couple of moments in this episode and i and i literally did this like i jumped up and was like clapping i was like well they were taking over the prison and then i was like freaking out when they were like there's freedom and then i quickly sat down and almost cried when he said i couldn't swim and then i got to this and i was like oh my god there's more and then there's this part was like, I need to sit down and cover my mouth because I'm like, holy shit, this monologue. Like, what have you given up? What have Yo. you sacrificed for the rebellion? Yeah, I wrote down holy a couple shit. things he said. And I was like, dude, these are great lines. Please, he's please like, do I because for sure. When like, I, I made when I my mind a sunless Likewise. place. Yeah. I filled my dreams with ghosts. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. He's like, <laughs> I burned my life to make a sunrise I'll never see. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, kill those guys. Yeah, they deserve it. <laughs> like, right. like you, you went from like, Lonnie's point of view, I mean, granted, it's like, like we said, war is like total gray area and I don't agree with, uh, mm-hmm. with it all. But 
um, Lonnie's point of view, like, I, I'm giving you a heads up so these people don't need to die. And he's like, you're too much of an investment mm-hmm. to, like, let those people live. Sorry, they got to die. Like, uh, even, even better chance to show that you're not a spy. Like, this right. is great. And it's like, what are you talking about? I want out. And he's like, sorry, like, yeah. you've invested and, uh, too much and I've invested too much. If I can't get out, you can't get out. And like, the way he yeah. says it, though, is like so poetic. Sure. Like, Absolutely. I mean, he, he even says like, you know, my greatest failure or pain is that I have to use the tactics of my enemy. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, I forgot what the saying is. And, and if you guys know it, please tell me. But it's like, uh, you know, to catch a killer, you have to like act or think like a killer, but like, he's literally taking a step farther and like acting like one. you know what I mean? Like he's, he's like, yeah, he's in like order to beat, it, like, yeah, to beat the empire, I have to act like the empire. And it's like such a crazy kind of thought process, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It just hits me in such a different visceral way, you know, and it, yeah. it makes me think about all these great, great detectives and, and people who've had to do these uh, crazy things throughout history to kind of conquer a greater evil. Well, like sometimes it takes evil to beat an evil, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just that line, it just, it, man, it just, it shook me to the core, man. It was so good. So yeah. good. Do you think, um, I mean, could anybody else that you come to mind to think about like who, who could have delivered those lines better? I don't know about better, but I think somebody who else could have delivered those lines is like a Daniel Day Lewis. I think he could have yeah, made yeah, it work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or um, what's the guy um, that chameleon actor um, who's in Harry Potter and all that? I, he's such a chameleon. I always the, forget the, his the name. The Lufin guy or whatever that we were talking about earlier. No, no, he's good too. Um, the guy who's um, Harry's uncle, which runs to the dog. What's his name? Um, oh, he's the commissioner. Uh, oh, um, oh my goodness. I always forget his name. That's how great he is. He makes me forget. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm God. like hating myself right now because he's like one of my favorite actors. Oh he was God. so good. He was so good in uh, the Fifth Element. I loved him in the Fifth Element. Um, yeah, yeah. my favorite. Oh, yeah, he's so great. He's oh, so Gary good. Oldman. Gary he's Oldman. so good. Any, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like any any actor who's like really good at just becoming like the character you forget right. the Tom Cruise or or the Rock. You know, mm-hmm. um, they could deliver those. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel absolutely. I mean, yeah. and and all those guys we named are like Shakespearean, classically trained actors. So that kind of goes to show, like, yeah, there's people who come from that school of training and have that experience. Like you, for for you to make that transition from that type of theater and acting to a big screen, like you, you have some chops. You can do mm-hmm. some stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I'm not going to say that Stellan Skarsgård is the only person that can deliver it, but what he did, I don't want to see anybody else try it. No, agree. I, I the point I was trying to make was I think he was a perfect man for the job. Like right. the, his, his the grit in his voice, the way that he portrayed his character from his storefront owner to what he was doing in the background. Mm-hmm. You you can feel the angst, you can feel the pain, you can see in his blocking and in his verbiage. Um, how he's delivering those lines that what he's saying is not only true, but it goes beyond any idea of what you think you might know about him. And that's right. I think key in that situation. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's like, just when you, that's what this show is, keeps doing great. It's like, just when you think you have a good understanding of who this character is and what they're about, they throw another piece of information in there and you're like, Holy God, like, Holy shit. Like, how does that, how does that like, 
like, wow, I can't believe they've opened up a whole nother side to this, this box. And it's completely changed the view of how I'm looking at this picture. I mean, that's the thing, like even with the other people who are involved in the heist, I forgot what that girl's name is, but she ends up being Mon Mothma's cousin. And she's oh, yeah, like, hey, yeah, yeah. you can't talk about this here. Like, even that. And then her relationship. Right. It's like, and then her knowing Luthien's uh, curator at the at the collection place. It's like, all these people have so many layers. And we even talk about freaking uh, Cyril and him stalking Sreba, uh, Griba. Like, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Is he yeah. in love? Or is he just like super in love with catching Endor. Like, I don't yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> like, like is, is he it? just a creep stalking her or is he so in love with the fact that she is, has, is the closest to catching him that he, it makes him love her more. Like, I don't know what it is, but that is so interesting. So and much that was, depth. It's so much depth. And it was such a unique thing to throw in there because it just felt so creepy. It was like, wait, just yeah. when I, I feel sympathetic for this guy and what's going on with him and how hard his life must be. It's like, holy shit. Now he's like this creepy stalker guy. Too. And yeah. all and all without a single lightsaber, like yeah, <laughs> it's oh, that's a good point. And it's like, mm-hmm. and this episode, right? Like, it's it's so easy for you to just want to see Andor and him escaping, but like right. when they jump to these other characters, like I want to I want to know more about these stories as well. Like that that's how great all these actors are. Like yeah, like like that creepy dude, like his his breakfast with his mom. Like I'm always mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, let's see what's going on with him and his mom right now. Like oh, yeah. I like the interactions <laughs> and like it's uh so so fucking well written. So written. So, so yeah, so hats good. off to Tony Gilroy. Um man, it's so good. I don't want it like it's so crazy because if we go back to some of our previous episodes and we talk about what we were most looking forward to this year, Andor wasn't even close to my top 10. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even care. Like, I liked Rogue One, but he was not the character I would have highlighted from Rogue One. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been like the blind monk guy who had the force or <laughs> um, Sagarera or something like that. But then to pick Cassian and to see how he became rebel and tie in all these other great, amazing story arcs to it, I'm just, I'm blown away. I, I really remember him from like, Rogue One. Yeah, well, you should go back and watch it because I've been watching it recently. Watch it it's good. Wait, you don't remember who? Sorry. Cassian from Rogue One. Oh, yeah. He's in yeah. it for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the one that like basically convinces her, her name is like Jin Darin or something like that too. He he's the one that's kind of responsible for her and gets her around and like takes her to talk to Saw Gerrera about her dad and so forth and so forth. But oh. anyways, it's really good and it's making that movie even better now. And like that was already a good movie. So this Man, oof, Andor, can't talk about oh, it. I can't say enough good I'm things. I just hope the they the landing. Um, yes. And like um, Alan Tudyk is here, right? So as K2SO, so I can't wait till like that interaction happens. What? Probably be towards the end, but. God, damn, they just bring in all the great actors. Like no, Alan Tudyk, dude. So good, that guy. guy. So good. Yeah, he's good. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's sure. move on. We have some things to wrap up with anime. And then we'll briefly touch on comic book club. I, yeah, I'll get into that after let's, let's talk about something. We almost touched on it, but we bring it back. We're doing some anime and it is chainsaw man. We are talking about episode four and five. Were you guys able to watch those? See, yeah. Nice. Uh, Rad, we, we are learning more. Shoot. I don't even know what the main hero's name is. Dang it. I know power. I want to pull it up. Between, between Ichigo in Bleach and Midoriya yeah. in My Hero Academia. I like cannot even remember this guy's name, but it's funny because My Hero, no, Chainsaw Man continues huh. to be so damn Dingy. good. 
Denji. That's what it, it's like. It's such a funky, funky name. Denji. 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 That's Denji. right. It is. It's like, yeah, it's right there. So yeah. What did you guys think? Cause I, I'm loving this show still. And even when he's not turning into Chainsaw Man, the world is so interesting. Yeah. The world is so interesting. Yeah. It's like such a crazy lore mythology that they're creating. Yes. The the Mm -hmm. devils, like we talked about last time, are all essentially huge human fears. Mm -hmm. And when we think about like uh, the one that they go into in this, the the most recent episode, which is the gun god or the, the gun, gun devil yeah, right. <clears throat> because everybody's afraid of guns. Right. And they kind of went into like, Oh, this happened and blah, blah, blah. And then this huge explosion, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and- well, uh, wait, before we continue there, cause I, I thought that was so also incredible. The fact that there was this commentary from a Japanese anime on gun violence and that they use America as an example, I thought was super interesting. Yes. Yeah. So what was interesting too, because it was like it ties into like now, like you know, like I was like, right. oh, so this is happening at now. this point. Not not so like this was like the year 2030 something. I was like, whoa, right. this is like super. Or relevant. in a different like it could be a different universe, but the timeline seems to be like our current timeline. Right. Because they even showed the kinda, tower and like yeah. right. So it was yeah, all, they showed was cool. the, yeah, they showed one of the twin towers, which I was like, holy shit. You know, and they related gun violence back to terrorism. I'm like, I would have never guessed in a show where the main guy's goal is to touch a boob that we would get commentary <laughs> on like gun violence in America. And it, it like, man, it just was, I thought it was so smart and well done. Like, I, I was like, this is, this is incredible. Uh, yeah. I just thought it really had something impactful to say that I was surprised that it did. Yeah, and the timeline made sense, right? You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I could see it rising to power. They were like, it kind of, the gun devil showed its face at this time, kind of came out of nowhere and just devastated people. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, within a two-minute explanation, they got the fear into you for the gun devil. Especially with the ending of, like, that house being blown, like. Mm -hmm. It was was like, and it was just like a crazy place that I didn't expect this anime to go. Mm-hmm. you know like wow holy shit this is this is saying a lot you know and also it was interesting for me to be like wow we as americans are the example of gun violence for other people in the world and like that to me makes me pretty sad yeah. uh and then i'm not you know i'm not here to say like guns are bad or this or that but it, it just is like it's kind of sad that other countries view us that way you know mm-hmm. and it's like wow so i don't know just interesting it was very, just a very interesting thing to throw in the episode. Sorry, Drake. Yeah. I don't know if you want to continue after that. Oh, um, the, uh, and getting back to like the, the world building with these devils, it, it is a very interesting parallel to kind of the, the human fears and how we manifest them. And that there, there's these individuals that are kind of meant to take them down. Right. And so there's a lot of, um, similarity between um kind of like the idea of like being a warrior in a garden right better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener at war and so Mm -hmm. you're seeing the differentiation between the lay who are just everyday individuals who are living life and the individuals who are taking it upon themselves to be able to help defeat if not ward off these quote-unquote devils these fears of the common folk and with someone like denji who was very different, right? Not only did he not fear the chainsaw devil, right? He took it in. He became one with it. He's befriending these individuals. He's seeing mm-hmm. the the good, the light in all of these quote unquote devils, right? Now, mm-hmm. granted, 
he was so separated from humanity that maybe that was his only kind of option to be able to befriend a devil well, well, or devils. Do you think that, I, well, like based off what you're saying, do you think that in a, in a, in a sense, like his fear was a more practical devil in the sense, like it wasn't a creature, but it was more of like, I need to eat. I need to figure out where to sleep. I need to figure out how to survive. Like, in a way, that was his biggest obstacle, right? Like, wasn't that his devil, the the, the devil that he truly feared the most? Um, I think to an extent, yes. Like, an argument could definitely be made in that situation because he was struggling with not only his parent, right? Because his, uh, I believe he took on his family's debt, And the person that uh, was really more of a quote unquote father figure to him was the one who was pushing him back into that role um, to continue to fulfill that quote unquote debt. And so him not being able to live a normal childhood, him not being available to uh, do the things normally that, you know, society would do and also being shunned for the fact of not only his detriment or his, his, um, his his situation he was never helped by anybody and he had to take that upon himself and so the the essentially the fear of not being seen as normal the fear of not being um kind of regular in that sense kind of pushed through more so for me than anything else and the fact that he befriended devils and and how he's looking at it through like so for example those small little um goals that he has right i I just want to touch boobs or i want to fall in love with a woman like very simplistic things that we think would be quote-unquote normal but for him who is he views himself as someone who is below because that's how he viewed it through the eyes of other people who are viewing him right he lived in a shack so nobody wanted to talk to him he smelled stinky so nobody wanted to befriend him etc etc and so he was being viewed as quote-unquote a a devil in the sense of he's Mm. not normal right Mm. Um, but that's, you know, many different ways of viewing it. So, uh, in that sense, I think in terms of that world building, I really do enjoy watching that dynamic in, in a kind of a deeper standpoint, but also to the action. I think Scott, you talked about the, the overall direction of the show in itself and the cinematics of it and how the camera Mm -hmm. moves, et cetera. Um, but yeah, take it on from there, boys. Yeah, um, yeah ju- I mean, jumping off from that, the way it's moving and stuff, it kind of reminds me of Jujutsu Kaisen in that way, like, it, which is another fairly new anime. So it makes me think that, like, these newer animes are maybe that's the style now, like, mm-hmm. to, which I'm super down for. Like, the the way they're directing the um, action shots and whatnot are crazy cool. But, um, yeah, I just, I just want to point that out. Like, it's, yeah, the action is unbelievable for, especially for a show you're watching, like, weekly you know it's like there's moments in this show where you're like you think they're saving some of these shots for like a movie but like i guess that's right. where we are now like where we can pump these out like weekly it's pretty cool yeah that is yeah. super cool yeah it's it's been a pretty great show i love the character he, as like creepy and pervy as he seems like when christina walked in the room she's like what the hell are you watching you're watching like hentai or something i'm like no <laughs> wish. yeah it's like those moments where he is just trying to touch the boob or whatever like crack me up and then how after he was like that was it it wasn't that great or whatever you know like there's this weird quirky character things about him that make me love this character and yeah. i want to just see where it goes and and the world is so interesting i want to see what other devils come up and 
that girl basically made a deal with a devil so she could use their hand. Like it was right. just like that's so cool. I like that aspect where, and even the other guy, right? He like sacrifices a bit of his arm or whatever to summon mm-hmm. that dog devil or whatever fox it is. Right. The, the, the fox. fox. That was cool. Like that's so yeah. cool that they make deals with these devils and they're like, there are certain so ones cool. they kill, and then oh, there's certain so cool. ones that it's uh, what are we gonna deal with the devil? No, um, it's so cool that they they make like these these contracts or like I won't kill you, but will utilize you. I don't know if they have them somewhere and they're like, here's the stipulation. We'll let you live if we do this. But mm-hmm. she also gave up an eye. So it almost seemed like a an equal trade, you know, yeah. like they, they came to a decision where it's like, hey, you're way too powerful, but we could use your abilities. How can we make this work? Like, mm-hmm. so I am super interested to see if some of these devils they meet later end up like some of the, um, that like or the, the iron car or something like in bleach where they're like because right now i feel like we're seeing like the kind of like grotesque looking dumb looking or scary looking ones that are like seem powerful right now but i remember the early days of bleach and then you get right. like the elite levels of the devils where they're like you know you couldn't even fathom them being like that like they they right. might even walk among them like who knows yeah. right and, and who knows who these devils are partnering up with like we're so, seeing yeah. it we're seeing it from the government side like the tech quote-unquote good side or at least that's the way we're it's it's pitched to us but who knows yeah. who they're partying like, up who knows what the side. money devil looks like or i do like, like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It, the land it, devil. you read a little bit more into like um the background of it and uh, a little bit into the manga like there is um one of the characters right now uh is a is a devil and the devil that this particular devil is so strong that the humans just are like fuck it like they like don't we they, can't they, do anything we can't do anything about it so we might as well just uh have you work with us or whatever whatever like so power that like that kind of powerful yeah or it's like we can't take you down so just be on or like be on our side pretty much yeah, yeah. Oh, wow damn yeah all right well that's wait that's that's to come that is that that technically there is one currently right now oh mm, in the in the manga right on that's yeah, cool man manga. yeah that, that's cool that is, yeah, it's it's awesome. If you like perfect humor and like gore and cool action, th- this is the show for you. It's not too late. It's like, I don't know how many episodes these animes usually have like 20, 40 episodes, whatever they are. So it's only on episode six, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's good. And we're getting to see more of the agents that Denji's in the unit with. So check that one out. Uh, Drake, do you want to take it away on Bleach Thousand Year Blood, Blood War? Because... I I need you to explain to me like who who people are again and like how are these Quincy's so powerful? They like killed everybody in the Soul Society in these last few episodes, and now they're just taking yeah. Bonkai like they're collecting Pokemon. It's ridiculous, man. I, yeah, it's it's badass, yeah, it's but crazy. it's like how are they so damn powerful? And they're I mean, it's a massacre. Without a, without um with, spoilers though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Explain yeah, I mean, to I us think, with everything we know in, right now. I think we're in no. spoilers because we're going week to week by these episodes. Oh, no, I mean, like, um, yeah. I don't want you to be like, well, the last battle is uh um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. Don't don't give us the manga, give us the episodes. Yeah, yeah. So in the most recent episode, we get to see a little bit more of Gendryusai, the um the uh, captain, the head captain of the first division, who essentially is the strongest. He's one of the oldest um, captains in the Soul Society, aside from his lieutenant, who 
uh, was murdered in the first episode, I believe, of this. And um, Unohana, who is uh, the captain of uh, Squad 4. And so why are these Quincy's so powerful? Um, essentially because they have like essentially what's like reishi manipulation and mm-hmm. in the arc when they disappeared because essentially back back in the day um the quincy's destroy the spirits of the hollows mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that means it creates a, a huge off balance especially if there's no um uh what is that restriction between mm-hmm. earth and the soul society so the soul society helps manage the spirits etc cetera, etc cetera. and so that's why you see in one of the f- the first or second episode they're kind of like oh what happened to all of these souls in this one area why did they all get circled into this one spot and then they just disappeared and that was because they were trying to balance the earth souls and the souls or earth people and the souls in the soul society so if that becomes off balance, what happens is an incursion happens and everything explodes. So the Quincy's are coming back because at one point in time, the uh, Shinigami knew that this was happening and the Quincy's weren't really, they, their creeds didn't match. And so the Shinigami in a point of weakness took it upon themselves to eliminate all of the Quincy's. So they essentially had a genocide. And uh, there were a few Quincy's that were able to kind of escape. And when they escaped, they um, essentially evolved their powers, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the things that they have um, now are like the Ranso Tengai or the Let's Still um, or the Volstendig or the Sanctus Weiger, which are all German-esque type names. And you can kind of tell you know, what the parallels are in terms of um, what Bleach is going for here. But essentially what you would consider like a true Quincy would be Uryu, right? He uses his, he uses his bow. Um, he gets a little bit stronger over the course of time, but he uses it essentially to eliminate the Quincy's only within the, the, that area portion of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas these new Quincy's are completely hell bent on revenge. And so their whole thing is not about, uh, patience or balance. Their whole thing is about complete destruction. And so because they've honed these skills and through their quote unquote own scientists have, you know, raised these techniques over the course of, because they'd have, a, you know, a thousand years to be able to um, figure out how can they defeat the uh, Shinigami. And mm-hmm. so they have, uh, they created this thing where they can steal the bankai of another of a shinigami who uses the the bankai in itself and what this does is it renders the shikai kind of useless because the quincy's are so strong in themselves that they could probably dominate them but the most powerful of the most powerful shinigami's bankais are are literally kind of to a point where it, it equalizes the situation. And so when they came in and they started murdering everybody, they forced the lieutenants and the um, captains to use their bankais because they wanted quick elimination, right? You just murdered, you know, hundreds of men. Mm-hmm. And so they stole some of those um, initial uh, bankais. And right now we're going through the idea of, okay, what's going to happen when they get their bankai back or how are they going to survive without their bankai? And in this most recent episode, you get to see uh, Genryusai step into it. You get to see a flashback of him and um, his first lieutenant 
and how his first lieutenant came to be. Sas, uh, I think his name is Sas, Saskibe. And he has this really cool um, weather manipulation uh, bankai where uh, lightning comes down and he can control essentially that strike of lightning through his rapier, which is his uh, shikai. Um, and yeah, for me, cool. that was the first time I ever got to see that. And it's super beautiful. But Genuryusai is is so powerful that even a full-on Bankai use from a Quincy that stole it rendered it pretty much useless. It just kind of tattered his clothes. And then Genuryusai was like, I miss you, Sasuke Um, but it's sad to see that um, you know, this this person would use your Bankai in such such a weak form. And then yeah. with one slash eliminates that Quincy from um the Serete. And as he explodes out of that position and he tells um, one of the, the first lieutenants that he's going to essentially eliminate every single one by himself. And that harkens back to, uh, uh, what is that called? What is that guy's name called? Um, the uh, captain of the science division, where he says, this is your fault, Gendry you should have eliminated all of them when you had the chance. Oh, right, right, right. I remember that part. Yeah. Where he's just talking to the head captain and saying, like, you, you should have killed them before. Kind yes. of Uchi, I think is his name? The yes, scientist? yes, yes. Yeah, so do you. Yeah, so do you. Yeah, so uh, and um, then you can feel the reishi kind of building in the sedate. And then all of the captains and the tents are like, look at how pissed off Gendry Usai is. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, we need to, we can't go down without a fight because he's up there super upset. And um, he became their Andor. Yeah, he became their Andor. <laughs> One of the um, captains was like, wow, uh, I can feel how angry he is. It's giving me goosebumps. It's like he's scolding me. Yeah. And I need to, um, essentially, I need to step it up. And everybody got a second wind. And it ended right there on a, on a beautiful, like, Oh uh, moment to like what's going to happen next and that's that's what this um arc has been doing so far it's been putting you on edge every single time giving you a little bit more information giving you a lot more action than we've seen in previous arcs um and i, I cannot wait to see this completely fulfilled because some of the battles that we're about to see and some of the new characters they're going to introduce is going to really bring this all together yeah what was interesting too is like um when that when that um, guy took that electric powers, yeah. how they flash back to being like, this was my Bankai, but I figured out how to use it the best way I could. And like, he like leveled up his own Bankai. So I'm hoping that some of them, when they use the Bankais, it's like, just, of course, it's going to be their weakest form. But, you know, of course, that one person who like just creates energy things gets Buyaki as one who like, you don't really need to improve it. You just fucking unleash it on people and it like wrecks them. So that's unfortunate that guy got that Byakuya's one. Like, I don't know how the fuck you're supposed to beat Byakuya's Bankai. Like, um, other than maybe Ichigo. Is, is that the one where he turns his sword into like the scatter. flower petals? That's yeah. so, yeah. Zakura. Oh my God. Oh my and then he God. unleashes it on him. I was like, he took it to the shit. face too. Yeah, to the face. Point. I was like, <laughs> that <laughs> looks, it was just <laughs> yeah. razor blades to the face. I was like, so he'd choose option one, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No choice, boy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no choice. <laughs> but um yeah. that that was cool. And um what was it? 
of course, yeah. Fucking Yamamoto blasting off like a fucking comet off the earth. Like that was ridiculous. Boom. I was like, holy Bruh. fuck, he's strong. I've never seen him. We never really seen Yo. him do anything. And we always just no. the only thing we saw was like from the video game, which could have just been like a oh, maybe he does this. Like they don't know. <laughs> right, right. Like and then seeing Kempachi talk about how he fucking brutally killed those three guys before wanting to fight the the grandmaster dude. That was so cool. Where he's like, oh, first guy, I just cut him in half and they show it. Second guy, mm-hmm. he talked too much. I ripped his throat out. I was like, holy fuck. I, yeah. I just, I, I know you don't want me to spoil anything, but I have to let you know that th- this is like literally the, the tip of the iceberg as it pertains to like power. I'm sure. That's why I'm so it's pumped. Crazy, I'm like, they're starting dude. so it's hard. crazy. I, I learned that Kimpachi learns his um sword's name, which Yo. is like, if you don't know Bleach, like, that's like a big deal to like know your. That's like yeah. How like everyone how does he's, how he's gonna get to learn it too is something that is gonna be amazing, and you're gonna get to see. I mean, imagine uh, Hiwach and Gendisai battle. Right, these are all things that you want to see, and most likely you're going to see. Um, it it just it, it's it gets crazier and crazier and crazier until it crescendos into a place of like, man, how, how much more can they go? And even into the next arc that we've read about ever so slightly, it it gets even crazier after that Damn. too. So oh it's, my God, it's I'm nuts. so looking forward to that. Oh it's yeah. Nuts. Well, yeah, that's bleach thousand year blood war. Oh man. It, it, yeah. It's already getting so good. And it, I guess we're just at the tip of the iceberg. So I can't wait till we dive a little bit deeper on that. Cause that's insane. It's really good though. So yeah, but uh, yeah, if you have any more questions, try to hit Drake up on Twitter. He's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, Bleach. 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 And then our well, last thing is My Hero Academia. I almost like, like barely remember this now. Like oh, now man. that we've gone through so many different things, but it's still actually I lie in the fact that it was so good still. I was like, geez, this is like one of the best episodes yet because we finally get Midoriya back in the mix and it's him and Bakugo and they are like they realize that she uh what is his name she uh, why am I forgetting it right now Shigaraki Shigaraki yeah is uh he knows that uh somebody has one for all and that's like the final piece to his puzzle of like ultimate power even though his power of decay is like pretty god tier already it clears out whatever it was like a whole city block and um man it's 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 getting really really freaking good we get yeah. to see we get to see uh what is what is uh Todoroki's dad's name endeavor man we get to see endeavor uh, yeah endeavor, oh, oh, endeavor. Man, yeah. Quite hard yeah he gets to go oh, off and he gets to go all out on shigaraki and it's still quite not enough which is insane that shows like how powerful and overpowered shigaraki has become in that like place where he can steal powers i guess right so Oh man, and the battle gets amazing. We get to see more of like the full force of the heroes fight, the force of the of the villains of the Liberation Army. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, man, it's good. It was cool to see also like to, uh Tokoya Toyo, what is his name? Tokoyami. Tokoyami. Tokoyami, yes. He oh, he like oh. ends up saving Hawks and like does mm-hmm. it for like his sensei, which was Man, all these little threads are like finally coming together and pulling off. I thought it was like really weird how we didn't have any of like the characters that 
I consider like the main characters really starting off the show, but it's starting to make sense because there was a lot of groundwork they needed to cover. Mm-hmm. And and now that we're seeing some of the main heroes kind of drop out, yeah, it's time for the students to step in and it makes sense of why they're actually in the battle. I thought that was actually a really smart writing choice rather than just saying, hey, kids, get in there and fight these heroes or these villains, even though you guys only have your provisional license and you're only year one still, which that, right. that part of me is a little hesitant because I'm like, where do they go from this? being that they're still only year ones, but it was still, these battles are fucking awesome. The, the, the character development, everything I feel like is really paying off. And we get to see Midoriya really take a stand. Like, and also he's not just the one that's going to save them all. Like he, he's not mm-hmm. powerful enough to stop Shiragi. And uh, what's his name? Grant, Tur- Grant Torino has to come in and save them at the last second. Yep. That guy is so fast, huh? So, Yo, so yeah. fast. I'm so, like, what is, so his, fast. what is really his power? Because is it just that he's fast? I, I don't really even know because he's kind of strong too. And he like kicks people when he's like super fast. I don't know. But, but it's he was really in cool. the nick of time constantly in this episode. Yeah, just saved him. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. holy crap. I was like, where was he, man? He came in like... Talking about like fucking home. whiplash, dude. From like, across the city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like in the hospital the next second. He's like saving them from across the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, it's been really good. And it was cool. Like, and we get to see now Midoriya is like kind of familiar with how his whip works or like his yeah. black whip. And he starts like, he pull on them. Like he was using them like Spider-Man powers. I was like, oh shit. Now he just like swings from them. I thought that was Super kind of fast cool. too, yeah. right? Apparently. Cause Baku goes flying as fast as he could. Right. Right. And yeah, like yeah. Midoriya's going, he's at what? 45% or 40% now. Yeah. He's got like his constant. full cowling up to 40%. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. So we kind of, man, the, the journey that we've seen Midoriya, on has been pretty incredible it's probably how you feel about luffy you know it's like he really had to do a lot to get to this point uh yeah but you know the other thing it was so many threads and so many like yeah story threads going on in last season and now continued in this one it, it finally feels like they're all kind of paying off yeah what yeah it? for sure yeah, yeah it's it, definitely been a long it's been a long burn for <laughs> where it's going because we we if we've already seen the fact that midoriya wants to fight Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that he definitely can't. I mean, if Endeavor's having a hard time, we know, you know, it's that's not going to be the case for uh, Deku. So mm-hmm. the fact that the power scaling is happening like this right now, like mm-hmm. uh, in, on the same lines of Bleach, like how far is this going to go? It's so, <laughs> so, so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, because um, I know we, we kind of mentioned a lot of the cool parts, but even like some of the smaller parts where like Aizawa's using his powers and then like the other guy's like wetting his eyes so his eyes don't get yeah, like yeah, um, dried yeah. out. <laughs> I was yeah, like, what a nice touch. He's like, yeah. like I got you, That's bro. Funny. Like, yeah, what a support yeah, character was, there. That was, That's so true. that was a funny part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, because I mean, his whole thing is like he has to stare. It's like, it's eyes obviously have to drive. Like, just a little touches like that make the show so great. And it, yeah, they drop some comedy in there while like, right. it's going the comedy's, down. I mean, even when Mal Mount, uh, what is her name? Miss Mount or gosh dang it. Mount oh, yeah. Lady. Mount Lady. About to face it, that guy. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's about to sit on it and he's like, the bottom. I was like, yeah. oh my God. They still have these moments, even though they can pull out some big drama, like there's these really great, like comedic moments still in there. And I think that's the part I love about the show. Like the comedy, even though I thought the comedy in the dub, I know it's like sacrilege to say, but I thought the dub was pretty good and the comedy really lands in the dub, but it still really works in the sub as well. So yeah, yeah. if you're afraid of subtitles, like, and you want like, there, there's still a lot of humor to be had 
I'll second uh, that with um, Thomas. I, I started the show with the dub because um, Christine, just depending on what we're doing, right? It's easier to like eat or do something and have it playing in the background when it's in English, mm-hmm. obviously, because we speak that. But um, the voice actors they got, like, especially like we haven't seen him in a while, but that little grape guy in English is so funny. Yeah, um, yeah, he is. He, he got like this weird voice. Like, I don't know what it is, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, and it's like, it matches his pervy personality. That's it's like, so good. funny. <laughs> that was actually not bad at all. Like, yeah, I'm glad you could just whip that out. Uh, like, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, agreeable. We haven't seen some of the other characters. It was like interesting yeah. that Todoroki, um, not Todoroki, uh, what is half half cold, half hot? Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. It's just amazing. So, oh, Todoroki, I think, right? It is Todoroki, right? God Todoroki. dang, I'm like getting all their names mixed up. Too yeah, many Todoroki. like Japanese animes, but it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> like, yeah, it was interesting that he didn't end up going with Bakugo and Midoriya. Like, I thought he would have. For real, yeah. Yeah, and, and there's like so, some. Yes. Who knows if he could keep up, right? Like, because they're going oh, pretty quick. True. Bakugo was, like made a point to mention like. I'm getting stronger. Like he's basically Vegeta to Victoria's yeah, Goku. That's yeah? true. Yeah, that's but, the, um, that's the, a great. He's like, oh, I'm getting stronger too, and I want to surpass him. But he's like pushing it at his max too, and he's like, I'm kind of surpassing him right now, and he's at forty percent, which is like you know he's like doing the power math the, in his head. But I don't mm-hmm. know if anyone else could keep up with him right now. It's that's crazy. That's a good point. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so it's it's been really good, uh, and Shiragi is just truly like a just a villain now he's such a badass villain that you just i want to see him go down like it's great and also we have like still have the guy gancha Mon- monachia or monachia whatever his name is like oh, still radio? coming. Oh, makia yeah, yeah, yeah makia yeah i mean that guy coming in is gonna and seeing the heroes have to fight him if they can make uh, mirko as bad as she is as she was or mirko. is like holy shit i can't wait to see what they do with some of these other heroes like whatever what's it, your, your favorite guy's name like best genius Oh, the best genius, yeah. Well, I can't I wait see, for him to go all out, right? Yeah, I want to see him go all out. I mean, I still don't understand what the killer whale guy's power is to this point. You and, like, what? he's been in several episodes. Like a, I think they mentioned... Does does he have, like, some kind of, like, sonar thing off his hands? Because oh, there was a right. point where he had a guy's face up against the wall, and it looked like he was, like, shooting crazy sound into his face. And I'm like, that's probably killing him. Like, I don't know if you're just beating him up. But like, right, um, right. But that guy I was, I was wondering, like, is that his power or is he just super strong? Like, yeah, it's still kind of unclear. But I did. That was the first time I've ever seen him do anything like remote to power. So maybe it's something like that, like a sonar thing. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, just as you know, a point like there's so many characters with so many cool powers. And then we haven't even really got back to the students of Class 1A. So when mm-hmm. they have to come back in the mix where, you know, you get that final battle, almost like the last Harry Potter movie. It's going to be like, is it just going to be these last kids with Shigaraki's final forces? Like what is going to go on? So it, it's yeah. been good. The action is great. And, and heroes are dying. And heroes are yeah, dying. Crazy. That's the other like, part. The yeah. shield guy. That, the shield guy, oh. he died with a thumbs up. He's like, go on. Like, I know. I know. I was like, oh. it was like Thanos dusted him. Oh yeah. man. That's yeah. true. That's true. I know a bunch of them like, yeah, it, it's like, wow, the stakes are so high here. Where it's like, man, these these top level heroes, and that's what they do or dying. Man, I'm like afraid for the kids. Like I'm yeah. really afraid for them now. So, yeah, oh, it's so good. I it's wonder so good. if they'll start to kill kids. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I don't know. 
I guess I wouldn't put it past them now. It, that could you be know? a cliffhanger if one of the students, their classmates die or something. I know, like, just because the, st- the stakes, how, how, I mean, how much more could you raise the stakes by, you know, killing a fucking student? Um, and we know how much, what's his name? Not Eisen. Um, uh, the guy who uh, has the eyeball situation. Um, Aizawa. Aizawa, oh, like yeah, we Aizawa. know how much he cares for the students, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, how much more intense could we get here? Um, mm-hmm. Because I mean, that's that's I think that's the way that you went up. You went up right now. Yeah, that that's true. That's how you build. Uh, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't put it past one of the kids dying. Like it seems like that that's could definitely a be a possibility. But we also like. I think you also bring up the point that Maduro is only using 40% of her power, not only to show the comparison between him and Bakugo, but also to say, hey, there's a lot of room left for Midoriya to go to. And he's only locked, what, two of the powers of the seven or three of the powers of the seven. So there's, you know, another one could emerge in another battle with Shigaraki or, you know, the Giganto villain or whatever he was. So... It's crazy, man. It's so so good. So anime is popping off right now. Yo, yeah. Loving it. All right. Yeah. If, uh, if not one of the students, though, I think maybe one of the teachers could die too. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. Like yeah, somebody we've grown to, grown close to, whether it's like Aizawa or that night lady. I forgot what her name is, but she she's up there too. Right. Or like hopefully not the DJ guy because I love that guy with the microphone. He's great. <laughs> yeah uh okay well let's just wrap this up we'll we'll just briefly talk about uh comic book club uh and really a comic book club was all about black panther and kind of the origins of some of the stories that we might see for black panther wakanda forever and i'll tell you guys like i read like 40 books this past weekend like 40 different or like 50 different black yeah, panther you, comics you got this dang all right yeah yeah uh i don't know if i got this because <laughs> i read like i was just curious you know like it started off we were going to read the reginald hudland uh run that eventually leads to siri becoming black panther and i think that's in like issue two i guess is where they say it starts but like she doesn't really become black panther to like 20 i want to say so there's that but also like it was really in depth of like what what motivates black panther and who is he as a king and what are some of the dilemmas he faces and it's cool because some of the runs that i was reading was like how he became black panther where there's like a cool time between him and killmonger and that there's this there's this part where when he goes to challenge his uncle in the comic books for the right of black panther uh shiri is about to run in there and and do it but who beats her to it is her brother t'challa so there's that part where that's like kind of great because it kind of shows that there was always this want for her to be black panther but at the same time like it wasn't wasn't her time or she wasn't ready or there was somebody more worthy in front of her Mm, and then we kind of dip into this world of like what him as black panther what he's in charge of and then and also like this tie-in with the X-Men, which was was kind of getting away from what the point of why I wanted to read this. But there's some cool runs there with him tying in with the X-Men. And then also you can tell that there's this tension between him and Aurora Storm. And mm. you know, they have this history that goes back together. And basically, when he was leaving the kingdom to try to find himself, 
she was kind of running around Africa, stealing things to try to just live. And then they form this unlikely friendship that turns into love. And then he sees Claw and Claw's the reason why they can't be together because he realizes if Claw's out there running around and I haven't taken him out, like I haven't done the right thing by myself or the people of Wakanda because he killed our king. And so that like is the reason their relationship is torn apart. But there's that kind of storyline. And then we eventually get to Shuri becoming, you know, worthy after Dr. Doom takes down Black Panther. He's kind of taken out to a point where, you know, he's near death. He's like inches away from death. And they figure out that somebody has to stand up to become the king. It kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones in a way that was like, somebody has to be the king or the ruler. And they, you know, and then they end up choosing Shuri as like the right choice. And she just and she goes in and she ends up talking to Bass, but Bass Bass deems her as unworthy of becoming uh, the Black Panther. Long story short, she detours this monster demon away from from Wakanda selflessly with no powers, and that that makes her worthy to become Black Panther. So there's that side of it too, and you get to see kind of some differences in motivation between why she wants to be Black Panther and why T'Challa wants to be Black Panther. So I can see some of that coming up in the movies. Uh, and also like how everybody feels about losing him and like not sure if he's not coming back. There's a lot of great story points there between the people of Wakanda and also like losing T'Challa. Mm. And then uh, and then the other book we were reading was original of the Fantastic Four with Namor. And it was really interesting. It was a tough read, I will say. It was like uh, like a 1969 run from, let me pull up the list here, but it was 147 and 140 to 149. I think I took it off because I, I read this and I put it on our list originally and I'm like, I don't even think this is useful to any <laughs> part of the movie other than you kind of get to see that. it's it, it all centered around Namor and his love for for Sue Storm and how in love you, but I don't know if that'll come into play in the movie that we're going to watch, but mm. name or above everything else. Like he is for the Atlanteans. Like he, it's really cool way in a sense that they brought these two worlds together in the comics because they're both, they're both rulers that want the best for their people. And, and, and sometimes they sacrifice their own personal wants to, give and service the people you know that they're supposed to serve the best they can and they do it at their detriment and at sometimes like other people in the world's detriment you know and uh so they're they're kind of there there's an understanding i think between t'challa and namor that that is there and it's deep and it, and it makes sense but it also it like hurts them personally they're not able to give themselves truly what they desire or not all the time. And also it puts them in conflict with other people in the world when it shouldn't. So yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I'm curious to see how this is going to go. I'm super pumped for the movie, but I'm also like in a way saddened that we won't get to see Chadwick Boseman play off of Namor as well. Mm. And, and seeing like these rival Kings and that would have been amazing. Right. Yeah. So I think that would have been really, really incredible. I, I'm curious to see where they take it with this movie, but um, there was some really great stories in there with Reginald Hudland. Uh, yes. And um, 
yeah, again, I can't find the name of that author. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but it was, it was good. It was, it's definitely gotten me ready for more Wakanda lore. And just like this idea of if, if Wakanda and Africa didn't become so colonized and conquered, what mm-hmm. could it and would it have become? And that's the idea of Wakanda that we get in the comics is that if it wasn't taken over and ruled and these people weren't oppressed, like what would have happened? Well, it it could have possibly become the most technologically advanced country in the world. And then you tie that in with, you know, this super rare resource that they have exclusive rights to. And maybe it's a metaphor for diamonds or other minerals or resources in the world that actually are blood dry, you know, blood diamonds or whatever from Africa. But it, it's uh, it's a really cool world that they build for Wakanda. And I'm excited to see it again on the big screen. Nice. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, and you read a lot of cool stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a lot of, lots of reading. We appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah, it was interesting. And, you know, I just wanted to be prepared for it. Uh, some other things that I, I haven't get, gotten to, but I want to before the movie, which is Avengers vs. X-Men with Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, Matt Fraction is a part of that run too, and Jason Aaron and Ed, Br- Ed Brubaker was a part of it too. So a bunch of heavy hitters, along with New Avengers Volume Three, uh, issue number seven by Jonathan Hickman. I heard is a good one to read, which is Shuri's retaliation against Namor, and then from there, you know, we get to see Namor come and then like retaliate retaliate against Wakanda, which it looks like that inspiration is heavily is a is a heavily focused part. Uh, in this movie, you know, where he floods, where Namor floods Wakanda. So uh, yeah, all all good books, but uh, I recommend reading some of this stuff. They do differ from the movie. So if you're expecting it to be exactly like the movie, it's not going to be, but you can see a lot of the, you can see a lot of the inspiration that they use for the characters from the movie, from the books. And, and these stories came from those books. So yeah, really, really cool stuff. Um, Yeah. That's kind of all I got to say about that. Uh, I don't know what the next thing we're going to be reading is, but we'll figure it out. Probably post it online and uh, let me know if there's something you guys want to read in preparation. I'd be stoked to hear that. But with that being said, Scott, do you have any final words for the night? Um, I think we covered a lot of cool stuff. It was a heavy episode, but I'm looking forward to continuing all the awesome shows that we are watching. I feel like each show we're watching is like right in the thick of it. And I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. Continue doing that. But thank you for, you know, all the listeners and everyone who tunes in every week. Super appreciate you. Yeah. And follow Scott on Twitter if you're not. Yeah. He's he's focused on there too. Yeah. 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 We will uh, also put his handle on the show notes. Uh, Yeah. Drake, what about you? Um, uh, I second what Scott is saying. Like, I'll definitely continue to watch these shows. I'll continue to watch what's coming up for the um, holiday season. There's going to be tons of good things to kind of keep our eyes and ears and minds kind of salivated. Um, Yeah. And thanks for sticking around. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for sticking around and thank you for sticking us. I just repeated what Drake said. Bye. (laughs) Bye. If you like what you hear, please like, follow, and subscribe. Just how we like chatting with our friends, please share this with yours. Feel free to join the squad and follow us on Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at J-O-Y 
S-C-H-T-I-C-K-S-H-O-W, Joystick Show. Or if you feel like submitting topics or asking questions to be discussed on further episodes, you can email us at joystick.show at gmail.com. Peace out and make it a great rest of your week.